Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. I said the old things, the old things, that old way of living, those things that we lived under, the things that had control and power over our lives. He said, those things have passed away. With Pastor Jay Petty. When they begin to realize that their lives have been bought with a price, it's been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to Him. And we have a responsibility to allow God to do in us the work of the, uh, of the gospel message. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. I want the life of God to live through me. I want others to see that life of God in me. I don't want it to be something that's not genuine. I want it to be something that is real and powerful and effective, that it affects everyone around us. Now, let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday Sermon. Well, this morning, I want to start out in in Isaiah 53. And I want to talk about, just for a moment, the cross. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he has bore our sicknesses, and carried, our, and carried our pains. We esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus went to the cross and he provided a way for body, soul, and spirit for you and me. He went to the cross for that very purpose, to redeem mankind, so that on the other side of the cross, life. And that's what I want to talk about, the resurrection life of God. And in Romans 6, 3 through 7, it says, And do you not know that as many of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus were was baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism in death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of, of the Father, even so that we should walk in the newness of life. For it has been, for if we have been united with him, uh, even so also should we walk in a new life. God wants us to realize one thing, that we've been united with his son. That's what this Christian walk is all about. It's about the new life. It's not about the old life. It's not about the old way. It's about a new way and a new life and a new beginning. Something so precious for each believer that when he receives that baptism of death, that baptism and that resurrection to life, that He's been raised to live a new kind of life. Not the one he came out of, but a new kind of life. With new beginnings and new, uh, a new future and a new tomorrow. And so many times we don't see it that way. But that was the intent. That God would bring his kingdom into the earth. And that through his kingdom, the life of God would manifest in many, many people who believe by faith. And would create a whole new uh, generation and generation by generation of believers who walked in the life of God, not in the life of this world. 
The God of this world controls what happens in this world. But the life of God should control the believer in new beginnings. And I think so many times what happens is that we lose our vision of that. And we let the pressures around us capture us and pull us backwards instead of us realizing that we have something far greater in us than the place that we came from. In Romans 7, 6, it says, But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to that which we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit. So it's not only a new life that God has brought for us in the death and resurrection of His Son, but a spirit walk. In other words, we're supposed to have this relationship with God the Holy Spirit. We should be being led by God's Holy Spirit. We should know the mind of the Spirit as the Spirit reveals to us. It should be a completely different way than the way we walked before. It should take us through valleys and mountaintops and across fields, through rivers of life. The hard things, the bad things, and the good things. Realizing that the presence and the power and the Spirit of God has a hold of us and leading us in the place where he wants us to go. The resurrection life, that's really what it was all about. It was intended to change everything for the believer. Change our whole uh, way that we live. It should be, now we should be walking in love. Now we should be walking with joy. We should be walking in this unbelievable peace because that's the way of the Spirit. Those are the things that we should be learning. We should never fall back to the negativity of this life and the things that drag us down and, and overwhelm us instead of and causes us to lose our joy and our peace. But there's so many things that do. Mostly because we're looking at things from our perspective instead of the perspective of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to us as the executor of the will of God, the will of Christ. Now there are some things in the Spirit that are just sorry, and we have to realize that and learn how to walk in them. The fruit of the Spirit is one of those things. In that fruit, when we're living inside of that fruit, the Scripture says there's no law. It says that all that passion and desire have been crucified. Now we're living and walking the life that God intended for you and me because of what Jesus did for us. Jesus lived that out every day in his life and everything that he did. He walked that out every day. He is our example. 1 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's not the same anymore. He's not that old generation or that old creation anymore, but he's a new creation, a creation that has been created by God. And it said the old things, the old things, that old way of living, those things that we lived under, the things that had control and power over our lives. He said, those things have passed away. 
We have to realize that. Many times we get saved and we don't. We just continue on walking the way we've always walked without realizing that those old ways have, have got to go. They have, we have to let them go. We have to work on letting them go. We have to allow them, to, uh, allow the, the Spirit of God to change our hearts and our lives. Because it says, Behold, all things are new. What's new? A new life, a new way of living, a new way of walking, a new way of seeing things, a transformation of oneself by the power of God to be the very thing that God has called us to be, the people of God. Ephesians 4.22, it says that you put off concerning the form, your former conduct. Wow. That's, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, about living the way we used to live. Just living in those unrighteous things. Serving in those unrighteous things. All they ever brought to us was misery unhappiness, unsurety, a bunch of stuff in our lives that we, that we really could just live without. And when we try to go back there, when we try to live there, it's a miserable place for the believer. It seems like things become even worse the second time around than they did the first time around. People, when they begin to realize that their lives have been bought with a price, it's been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to him. And we have a responsibility to allow God to do in us the work of the, of the gospel message, to change us. And it says that the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, that's what gets us, those lustful things. And for any person, and each person may be a different thing. But the thing is, if we're not careful, we allow those things to consume us. And they become the part that motivates us. And it's not supposed to. Why? Because those things are supposed to have passed away. But the only way they can pass away is when we're renewed in the spirit of our mind. When we begin to take the word of God and the things that God has promised us in the word, the things that the Spirit is offering us, and we begin to walk in those things, and we begin to express those things in the way we live. Boy, we hold on to so many things. We're supposed to forgive, but we don't. We're supposed to love, but we don't. We're supposed to walk in peace, but we don't. We're not supposed to let things of the world affect us, but we do. Even though we know that that's the enemy, and even when we know that's the way the enemy works, he seeks to destroy life. People get saved, and they, and they, don't, they don't make that walk. They don't make that transition. They don't make that change. And what happens to them? They fall back. And the next thing you know, they're no different than they were when they gave their heart to Jesus. That's the problem. We're not supposed to be moving to the rear. 
We're supposed to be moving forward in the things of God. Now, I realize there are struggles with that. I, I understand that. But as we read the Word and as we allow the, the, the Spirit of God to direct our path, what it's supposed to do is to bring transformation and change to us as we walk. So that as we grow, we're changed more and more, more and more into the image of His Son. Sometimes we give up. Sometimes our faith seems like it fades because of what we're walking through. First John 6, 2, 6 says, He who says he abides in him, himself, him ought himself also to walk as Jesus walked. Wow, that's a big picture, isn't it? But you know, you're never going to do it until you start making the steps to do it. That's really the truth. When you love, you make the step to love, to love. And to be benevolent in your love for everyone. Or when you choose not to let things get a hold of you and get in your heart and weigh you down. Because yours is a way of peace. And yet we do. Jesus didn't walk that way. Jesus is the example of who we should mimic in our walk in this life. Reaching out, praying, serving, helping others, doing that thing that he did for us, laying down our lives for him, and living our lives in such a way that brings glory to him. Getting up every morning and finding a way to live this new life Finding a way to live in the things of the Spirit. Moving with God, where God is going. But sometimes we don't do that. And that's the sad part. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once in darkness, but you are now, but you are now, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. His life became light in us. When we received Christ as our Savior and was resurrected from this dead, from being dead to be alive in this newness of life, we received the light of God. Light refers many times to revelation. The revelation that God gives us in, in our daily walk with him. And and even in that light that shows us where we're supposed to be walking and how we're supposed to be walking. But sometimes we just get so caught up in ourselves and we want what we want and we want it to go the way we want it. And, and, and what we do is we forget. Maybe that's not what Jesus has for us. Maybe Jesus had a different plan for us, a different walk for us. And so... We are to be children of light, to let the reflectiveness of Christ pour out through our lives. That's that resurrected life, that life of, of joy, that life of happiness, that life that, that blesses everyone around us, that life that lifts people out of darkness, that life that brings life to others. That's the new way. That's the new way of the resurrection. That was the way Jesus walked. He never left anyone bound. 
Wherever he went, he, he set people free. He released them from their bondages and their sicknesses and, and their demented thinking and their demon possession and all the other things. Wherever he went, he gave people a life and a light to see the goodness of God. If there's anything about the resurrection, that's one thing that we, as God's people, should be doing. You know, Romans 6.11 puts it this way. Likewise, you also reckon to consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. What that means, it means our attitude about it should be, I'm dead to that. We should start speaking that way. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. But I'm alive to God. And my life in God is different than the life of death. Boy, it seems like those things hold us, don't they? You know, the devil's such a liar. He tries to make us believe. What he really tries to make us believe is that he has more power than God. But it's up here. It's what we think. It's how we think. When you said, I'm, I'm not going to be an unhappy person anymore because I have the joy of the Lord. I'm not going to be that moody, grumpy person anymore. Why? Because God is in me. I'm, not, I'm, dying, I'm dying to that thing. I'm dying to that thing. Why? Because I want the life of God to live through me. I want others to see that life of God in me. I don't want it to be something that's not genuine. I want it to be something that is real and powerful and effective, that it affects everyone around us because they see the light, the love, the goodness, the mercy, the power of God through my life. God took a little guy by the name of Stephen. He was chosen because he was faithful, and he, so he waited on tables. Sometimes people think that serving is the lowest thing in the, in the kingdom, but it isn't. It's the most powerful thing in the kingdom because he began to pray for people, and God began to work through his life he did miracles and he, people were being saved and blessed through one man who went after God. Point is, is it's, it's not so much that God chooses you, it's that you choose God and you go after God and you let God pour out through your life. You'll be a blessing to everyone around you. That's resurrection life. You know, in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 6, he also uh, made us sufficient as ministers. He made us sufficient as worshipers. He made us 
sufficient at teaching, ministering to needs of people, caring for others. He made us sufficient. Minister, anytime you serve someone else, that's ministry. You can consider yourself a minister. Stephen was a minister to those who were hungry. And yet God did amazing things through him because of that. So uh, he made us sufficient of ministers of the new covenant. Not the letter. But the spirit. There we go. Go back to the spirit again. The new way of the spirit. For the letter killeth. In other words, no one can be made righteous by the law. But only by faith. And the Spirit, and what does it say? The Spirit gives life. The Spirit, the spirit breathes life into every one of those things. That's a powerful thing when, you breathe, when we can allow the Spirit of God to pour out through our lives. And to touch and, and, and to minister and to do unbelievable things. But you know, it all comes back to living a different kind of life than the one we walked out of. You already got God's approval. You're already the righteousness of God. You already got his Holy Spirit in you. You're already approved of God. All you got to do is go after God. To live for God, to serve God with your life, and to watch Him do those amazing things through the Spirit that He's given you. Jesus put it this way when He's in John 3 5, and Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. There's the divide. The old life and the new life. The flesh cannot emit nothing. It cannot produce nothing but flesh. But the spirit produces everything. Even the air that you breathe. But I like it. Uh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. Now I want you to hear this. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going to. So is everyone who is born in the Spirit. The spirit life is one who is moved by the spirit. You're in worship and God moves you in a, a, a direction he wants you to go. You got this plan, he's got his plan. You move to his plan and you stay away from your plan because when you move with his plan, it brings a fresh anointing. It's not about playing music, it's not about singing. It's about releasing the spirit of God in your worship whether you're playing that instrument up here or you're playing the instrument where you're sitting, whether you're singing, it's your worship. God wants to move you in worship. He wants you to see you things in worship. That's why the Spirit is so powerful. When we begin to see things and we begin to move where the Spirit is moving us, 
It might be that there's someone next to you who's broken by something. And the Spirit of God says, go over there and pray for that person. And the moment you lay your hands on them, the Spirit of God touches them and brings life into their bad situation. God cares about every person and everything that anybody's walking through. And sometimes we miss that. And we have such power in this new life to minister to the needs of the broken. And we miss it. The old way kills. The new way gives life. I don't care what it is. See, we think it's just in one thing. No, it's the, the regiment or, or how you walk out something every week and how you, you got to do it this way and do it that way. When you do it that, like that, God is not in that. I'm not saying it can't be. What I'm saying is there's no presence, there's no anointing, there's no freshness of the Spirit, there's no blessing. And people should feel the ministry of the Spirit through whatever you do. It should be touched and changed. It should feel the love and the grace and the mercy of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit uh, who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us. By God. These things we also speak in words which man's wisdom, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual with the spiritual. What is he saying? God's Spirit reveals to us things. God's Spirit touches us. That's resurrected life. That's what it really means to be walking the things of God as the Spirit of God begins to minister to us and through us. And we get that revelation. We get that rhema. We get, we get those things that begin to minister to our needs or to the needs of others. It's like, it's like all of a sudden it, it becomes real. And it comes in the power of his spirit. It comes in the presence of his spirit. God didn't go through all that he went through so that we could just wander through this life on our own. Well, I guess maybe I should do Well, I guess maybe i No. He doesn't need religious people. And these people who belong to him who are willing to move with the spirit that he gave us. When Jesus went to heaven, after all this was done, and he said, it's, it's, it's better for me to go than stay. Why? He says, because I'm going to release the spirit of God. That was his intent. When he went to heaven, and he, and he paid for this eternal redemption, and sat down at the right hand of the Father, he released the Spirit of God on the earth. That's what happened in uh, Pentecost. You know, uh, 
the, uh, um, Acts 2. We call it Pentecost. It was on the day of Pentecost. But what did he do? He released his spirit. One, the kingdom of God was coming on the earth. And he was coming in power. And he was coming in a very visual way when he baptized those 120 in that upper room. But the power of that baptism was when Peter got up and he began to preach. And 3,000 people that day came to the cross. And he said to them, repent and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What gift? This gift of life. If they had it and needed it, so do we. We cannot do this job that God has called us to do without him. Our paracletes, the one who's called alongside to assist and to do. He's our counselor. He has now become the shepherd of our souls. Let go. Let go. Don't be like Martha. Oh, there's many things Jesus said is troubling you. But what Mary has, I will not take away from her. Why? Because she was at the feet of Jesus. Her hunger was for him. Her love was for him. Her worship was for him. That's where we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be Martha's. We're supposed to be Mary's. I'm sorry, I'm not, not a Mary, but I mean, the ideal, the spirit of Mary. We're to love God with all of our heart and to love others in that same fashion. Well, I got this to do, and I got that to do, and I got to go do this, and I got to go do that, and I don't have time for this, and I have time for that, blah, 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 blah. And the thing you left out in the whole thing was your walk. God already knows what you have to do. I end with this story. My daughter goes out into her garden. She loves it. But it's her prayer room. Whether she's planting a thing or pulling a weed or tilling a thing or whatever it is. It's her prayer room. She's able to go there and And hear God. Because the world around her quiets. It's just her. He speaks to her there. It's what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to hear God. Not so built up with all this stuff. We're supposed to be free. We're truly free. But you know what? We're the ones that put ourselves in those situations. 
because we make them something more important than Him. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.